Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here, and today we're going to continue our family meeting that we're having this week and talk about ways to overcome opting out of celebrating trauma. We Last time we spoke, we talked a little bit about this, and I said that there are really two valuable kind of tools that are needed to be able to fully leave behind a cultural legacy of celebrating trauma. And I said we need to opt into healing, which will be coming out later this week, But first, we need to opt into loving accountability. So that's what this episode is going to be all about. I want to first say that because we're having this family meeting, something I should have done the first episode is talk about how I want this to be a safe space. One of the things I'm most proud of when it comes to this podcast is the ability that we have had, even if you don't see each other, to build this community and have this conversation with each other. I really do feel like it is a we podcast and not a me podcast. And because of that, I want you to feel like this has been a safe corner for you to address healing and make time for yourself. And so this conversation that we're having this week about cultural deep pain that we have experienced and that has been transmitted to us, it's really important that we talk about the safety of each other, that ultimately this podcast is about loving and celebrating the Black woman and loving and celebrating you, every single person who listens to this podcast. But there are tough conversations that have to be had. And one of those tough conversations is about how we handle the disrespect that Black women face in the world. We talked about celebrating trauma. We talked about the way we deal with people and the excuses that we might make for people who act in just ultimately inappropriate ways. But part of the argument when we're looking at the current culture that we've seen in current events is that there are some things that can be excused in the effort to protect black women at all costs. And the thought of protecting black women at all costs really does come from the fact that black women are some of the most disrespected women on the planet. I think women in general are disrespected, but there is a unique pain to the black woman experience. It makes me think of, you all know, I love to drop a quote in here. And one of my favorite authors going way, way back is Zora Neale Hurston. And in one of my favorite books, possibly my favorite book of all time, Their Eyes Are Watching God, she has this famous quote that I'm going to change uh, a little bit, but keep the grasp, just kind of translate it, so to speak. She talks about this dynamic where basically oppression rolls downhill, that she talks about the white man 
not wanting to do his part and handing it off to the black man. And he takes the load, the black man, but he doesn't carry it. And he in turn gives the load to the black woman. The quote ends with her saying, as far as I can see, the black woman is the mule of the world. I remember reading that many, many years ago and it hitting me and it still hits me the same way it did, if not even deeper, as I'm many, many years older and hear that quote. The black woman is the mule of the world. And the dynamics of how black women have to carry the loads of not only white supremacy, but the impact of that, which is that sometimes you're carrying the loads and the pain of dynamics between black men. And today I want to talk about instead of celebrating people acting out out of anger around quote unquote protecting black women, I want to talk about how do we as black women who sometimes feel that we are the mules or we are like literally the carriers of all things painful and difficult, how do we hold people accountable to take care of us? How do we opt out of celebrating unhealthy and steeped in pain reactions to oppression and opt into holding people properly accountable. And that's what we're going to talk about. So again, in this family meeting that we're having, we need to talk about where this is coming from. I believe slavery, and we talked about last time that slavery impacts everyone, even if you do not have a direct connection to American slavery. Slavery was a global phenomenon, and it impacted the global Black culture and peoples who identify as Black and have Blackness and Africanness within them. So it impacts everyone. And so we need to know how to then address it. And I want to start by talking about the three ways that we can address the trauma in our community. And those three ways really go far to overcome what we are already experiencing collectively as, as a, a group of Black women. The first step in loving accountability and in fostering that is calling out the wrong, is actually explicitly saying what happened. In our community, it can be really difficult for black women to say something has happened and to hold people accountable for it and to do that in the right way. This can be really painful for us because often when we bring up or try to say what's going on with us, or what's going on in the culture, we feel immediately marginalized or talked down to or gaslighted into believing that this is all in our head. We're often attacked by members of our own community. We are attacked by the outside world. And when we say we are the most disrespected group in the world or one of the most, people immediately come forward to say, well, what are you talking about? Oprah is a billionaire and black women are the most educated women on the planet disproportionately to everyone else. We're disproportionately entrepreneurial. And it it serves as this 
tool to really make us question or feel shame about saying when we're being disrespected or what's happening to us. And it links back to what we talked about in the last episode where we talked about how trauma, the ways that people deal with unspeakable horrific things is they make meaning out of it. And this is both the person who's feeling and impacted by the trauma and the person who is, for lack of a better word, perpetrating the horror, the violence, right? And one of the ways that we make meaning of painful, unspeakable acts is through denial. And so the only way to combat that is to say the thing that is happening and to keep saying it. I love Audre Lorde, another quote where she says, silence will not protect you. And for us as black women, it is not about celebrating someone who uses physical violence to defend a black woman. It's about us as a community holding people accountable. And sometimes that means our male counterparts accountable for the way that we are spoken to or engaged with or treated. We have to stand firm and be very clear about saying the wrong that was done to us, both individually or communally. And likewise, when people tell us that we've disrespected them or the shoes on the other foot, we have to engage in loving accountability and acknowledge that we are wrong. You cannot have healing without acknowledgement of wrong. And there is a myth in our culture we have to be frank with each other, where there is a fear of holding black men accountable because they are endangered. And because black men are being killed on our streets and black men have such a gap in opportunity versus black women, there is a natural almost need to want to protect people and there is a guilt to speaking out about the bad behavior at times of black men. But again, we cannot have healing without acknowledgement of wrong. And second of all, here's the thing that we know to be true. While black men have the horrors of their own life that they live daily, and, and there is no minimization of that, here's what I do know. Being held accountable will not break you. Being held accountable is not an attack. And we as a community need to embrace the fact that we can hold each other accountable for being kind and generous with each other without any attempt at accountability being framed as an attack. And the people who want an acknowledgement of the wrong being blamed and shamed for doing that. We see this every time, particularly on social media and recently, when black women speak up, when you look at the thread of the black women who speak up Almost immediately, other women and men attack that black woman, tear her to pieces, ratio her, inappropriately comment on her body or shame her for a choice that she has made in the past, all for speaking up and saying this thing is wrong. We cannot have healing in a community without accountability. And we cannot shame people who ask for acknowledgement of a wrong. And yes, black men are very much endangered. 
But two things can be true, that they can be endangered and also can be held accountable for the way they hurt us as black women. And when I talk about hurt by black men, just to be clear, it is not necessarily in romantic partnership, but it is about a communal harming. These are people who are maybe strangers we'll never meet, who say cruel things to us on social media, or family members, or partner, or coworkers. I will tell you, as a black woman who has been, by nature of just existing in the world, attacked by everyone, white men, um, white people in general, black people in general, but I will say some of the most painful interactions in my young life and adult life have been through the way black men have treated me when I have tried to stand up and make them lovingly accountable for their actions. Our lives are filled with compromise. But one area a Black woman should never compromise on is her health. If you're looking for a tool that can help you find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health, check out ZocDoc. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, there'll be no compromises because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. All of these doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for the ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. I've used ZocDoc myself to find members of my medical team, and it has been so easy to use and connect with the right providers for me. Go to ZocDoc.com BGB and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash BGB. ZocDoc.com slash BGB. What if 2024 you got a little bit better every day? Well, when you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. You don't need to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have loved using Babbel. As you may know, I used to live in Italy, and Babbel helped me be able to speak to vendors, navigate vacation spots, ask for directions. It just made life easier. Babbel's 10-minute lessons are quick and handcrafted by hundreds of language experts that you can start learning to speak a language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash BGB. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash BGB, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bgb rules and restrictions may apply this leads to our second way to hold people lovingly accountable 
And that is a little bit of work for us as black women, which is to make space to be vulnerable about acknowledging the impact the wrong or whatever has happened has had on you. Accountability is a two-way street. It means that we have to say what is happening clearly and with love and in a healthy way, not demeaning, not criticizing, not minimizing, not cruelly attacking people. We have to be loving and in a place of healing to be able to make people accountable. And that requires vulnerability from us. If we want people to meet us with vulnerability and love, we have to show up that way. And this can be really painful and scary because I know for myself in the past, my past history with all people is that I've had lots of times where I've been vulnerable and honest and I felt like my pain was minimized. And this, of course, is another tool of trauma, right? We talked about this in the last episode, that when people make meaning of trauma, one of the ways they do that is by minimizing what has happened. And when people have minimized me, I have for long periods of time before I went to therapy, did my own healing, I stopped making people accountable because it was too painful to have people look at me and tell me it wasn't that big of a deal. Get over it, right? And that we should press on and that we have bigger issues to deal with than your personal pain, particularly as a community. And so it has been hard to talk about this. And even as I talk to you right now in a space I am being vulnerable. I am uncomfortable having this conversation right now with you, even though it is a needed conversation about the way I have been disappointed in our community at times, a community I love deeply and how I have been wounded and how that has impacted me, how many years it took me to feel safe around in some, in some instances, to feel safe professionally, for example, Amongst people, particularly when I felt disrespected as a black woman, particularly when I felt that some men, let me be very clear, some, not all, singled me out because I was a black woman and it was easier to take out their aggression on me than it was to lift me up. It was easier to break me down. It stayed with me. It made me anxious. It made me sad where I was looking for partnership, platonic partnership, I found pain. And in order to have this conversation, to get to the next piece, we have to be able to talk about that. We have to be able to be vulnerable. Being vulnerable allows people to see your humanity and to see the impact of the wrong. The last way to hold someone lovingly accountable is to make space for reparation. And really, reparations has become a buzzword, but honestly, it's basically just repair, creating space for repair, to heal. And that really is going to deal with what we're going to talk about in our next episode about how we can opt into healing, that in order to facilitate that repair, we have to create a place of healing so we could talk about how to make things better, how to lovingly hold people accountable to, to give us the safe space that we deserve in life as black women and to come to a resolution that everybody feels mostly good about 
and engaged and loved and supported and safe. So that's going to be in our next episode, how to opt into healing, how to create that space for repair. For your healing practice today, I want you to think about what cultural hurts do you think is playing out in your life? I gave some examples about professionally, how I've been victimized in some ways by men and particularly at times, unfortunately, by black men. Um, Where do you see that? In what ways do you feel disrespected? Write them down and start to figure out what repair would look like for you. What would healing look like? If you are struggling to find that language, bring whatever you started in your head, on your notes, on a sheet of paper, on a post-it, to our next episode where we're going to talk about how to make repair happen, how to opt into healing. Again, this is a family meeting. This is a family meeting with love. I love our community. I love us. I love us all, all of us in our community. But we still have to address and hold each other lovingly accountable to facilitate that true healing. So I'm going to take a deep breath and tell you to stay tuned because we'll be back to talk about how to opt into healing. So that's it for this episode of the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. You can find this podcast across all major platforms. And if you feel the information that's given here and the conversations that we're having is moving or helpful, please feel free to share. Likewise, subscribe and review the podcast. We are a growing community. I cannot say this enough. I am shocked each week at how many of you are tuning in. And I am loving what we're building. So... Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other.